It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's D Diddy NFL on the Twitter box. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And it's just, you know what? It's been it's been balls to the wall, wild off season already. Uh, I'm going to dedicate this whole podcast to just talking about um, Aaron Rodgers and his... No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about it at all. Um, I'm going to avoid all of that nonsense. Uh, Kurt Benkert had a good tweet, kind of putting it into perspective as I uh, move around in my squeaky chair here. Uh, just about, you know, you want athletes to open up and come out and say stuff, and then they do, and then, you know, they get lambasted. I don't know if it's that serious. Uh, mental health was brought into it, which is very close to my heart and all that jazz. And um, all that jazz, is that my thing now? I think that might be my thing, because I say it, I don't realise I'm saying it, and then I go to edit it, and I'm like, cool, okay, yeah, that's garbage. Um, but yeah, they, they were bringing all the serious stuff into it. I can see the point. I get it, you know. Um, but I can only think of uh, this interview with this, this interview with Kevin Hart, where he, he talks to this guy about going to a nudist colony, and uh, Kevin Hart's just shocked by it. He's like, "Sorry, so you hear what you're saying, brother?" Uh, and it's the same sort of thing. Uh, just you know, some things are better left unsaid. I'm not going to talk about that though. But what I will talk about is uh, the Raz draws coming this weekend. There's some great prizes there, and the future Raz prizes are shown in that video as well. So go to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers to check it out. And look, I'm giving away a trip to Lambeau Field. It's not a gimmick. If you sign up now, uh, the money doesn't get taken until the 1st of March, and every month that you're in it is one entry into the draw. So if you get in in March and April and May, you have three entries to get in. Now look, this isn't 50,000 people in this thing. Um, it's the chances of you winning are astronomical, particularly if you've multiple entries. Um, so what I would say is dive in there. It's patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. What uh, I'm going to talk about today, though, is is Lombardi versus Lambo. Two names synonymous with Packers greats. Uh, we all know the famous uh, Lambo field and the origin story where he had tonsillitis and George Whitney Calhoun asked him, yo, what are you going to do? And then he decided to start a team and... You know, it goes on and on and on. The history is deep. Um, and we all know Lombardi. You know, the, the guy who put them back on the map and they hadn't won a championship and whatever it was. You know, I'll get into it later. But, you know, and they sort of, you look at these two greats and you see their statues so close to each other outside the stadium and you're thinking, well, just, oh, I wonder, there would be a fly on the wall when they were having a chat. And did they ever have a chat? Did, did, did they talk? There's a famous photo, which I'll, again, I'll go into later on in the thing. But you might be surprised to hear, and maybe you know about it already, but if you don't, you're in for a bit of a treat. You might be surprised to hear that Vince Lombardi didn't like Curly Lambeau. Didn't like him one bit. Um, and it's a fascinating story, and it's quite deep. And anybody you kind of listen to the story about when explain to me why they didn't get along. Did, did, did Curly Lambeau tried to steal Marie away from him? Um, no, not really. But before we get there, I've got something really exciting. To say all the pomp and circumstance, to say how famous he is, to say this, you know, the best stadium, in my opinion, and many people's opinion, in America, Lambeau Field is named after him, um, and the uniqueness of the Packers story, there's only one single recording that still survives uh, of Curly Lambeau, and I know what you're thinking, I'd love to hear that, right? Well, your wishes is my command, 
Here it is. This is the only surviving recording of Curly Lambeau. It was taken on December 31st, 1961. The Packers are playing the Giants. Uh, they go on to win that game. It's the seventh NFL championship that they win. The first time in 17 seasons that they brought it home. They romped to a 37-0 uh, win. But enough of me waffling on. Here is the man himself, Curly Lambeau. Now the Giants made a lot of mistakes. They're trying hard, made mistakes, and the Packers are a red-hot ball club and have made no mistakes. Now who can tell what will happen this half? I feel very privileged, you know. I mean, this is the, you know, second podcast in about three weeks where I've shared it with Vince Lombardi, the voice of Vince Lombardi. I've shared it now with the only surviving audio recording of the world-famous, the... Uh, the godlike figure that is um, Curly Lambeau. But let's dive in, um, I guess, and let's talk about what I'd like to talk about is, you know, why did it get along? And then also I'd like to talk about how Lambeau Field got renamed and what part Vince Lombardi had in the renaming of all of that as well. So why didn't the men like each other? Well, if you think about it, Lambeau and Lombardi were kind of polar opposites. You know, Curly Lambeau was a bullshitter. He was a showman. Um, there was actually I heard one person remark that everything that came out of his mouth was a lie and if it wasn't a lie it was an embellishment of some sort um, he was famously known as a ladies man we all heard this phrase like he went Hollywood um, but the reality of it is is that he was married to his childhood sweetheart and we see he writes home to her when he has tonsillitis and he's in Notre Dame um, and it seems like a very sweet relationship but he then turns out to be sort of a, a real womanizer and a philander you know he goes off and he cops off on his childhood sweetheart for beauty pageant winners and you know the stories that he used to go off on these trips with the players and the team and the lads would be out in the bar chatting up women and Curly Lambeau would come up and steal the woman away from them it famously happened when they went to a game in Hawaii there was two of these guys fighting over this lady and Curly Lambeau went up and won the spoils of war um, you know Johnny Blood often talks about it that the reason that uh, Curly Lambeau wasn't too pushed on Johnny Blood uh, by the end of it was the fact that Johnny Blood was also popular he used to be out in the pubs uh, used to always get drinks bought for him and again he was a hit with the ladies dead devilish Irishman and then you look at um, Vince Lombardi you know uh, pious principled um, a lot of what his players said about him over the years was that not only was he a great coach but he made them a better man off the field and that's sort of that's the longing thing to kind of last with me is that this wasn't a guy who set you up for football although he did you know he set these guys up for life and they still looked up to him I mean um, there was a scathing review of him and his personality and I think it was Sports Illustrated, um, or the rebuttal was in Sports Illustrated where Jerry Kramer came out and said that they loved the guy. Um, and Vince Lombardi apparently cried and took that to heart because someone was sort of sticking up for him. But look, Lombardi fought prejudice and racism and he nobly supported players and men who were discriminated against. You know, we see this sort of interracial uh, couple story that I, I spoke about uh, two podcasts ago. And then also his brother was gay, so apparently he stuck up for, you know, gay men and gay players. But I think it's very, very easy to fall into the trap of Vince was godlike, uh, when really he was only human. We know this. We know he was kind of a hard ass, and that's looked back on. And so, God, you know, it's oh, that's Lombardi for you. But, like, his home life was tumultuous, and his, you know, his wife became an alcoholic. And not that you can blame that on Vince, but that was the reason that she put down... Uh, for it you see that he doesn't get along with his son and he's a bit hard-nosed his son said that they just couldn't see eye to eye as men 
Um, another way that they differed as well was is even if you look at the football knowledge, I mean, Lambo became, by the end of his tenure anyway, a bit of a dinosaur. Uh, you know, he had this Notre Dame or Notre Dame box uh, that he learned. And, you know, there's sort of criticism there that, look, he only spent one year in college learning it. He brought it back and that was phased out and then he was coming under criticism from his players. We hear Johnny Blood McNally even say that like plenty of times he had to go to the chalkboard and that Curly was a bit clueless sometimes when it came to drafting up plays and he draft up a play that wasn't even possible. But in the same way that you can't fall into the sort of like Lombardi was infallible and a godlike figure, I don't think it does Curly Lambeau justice either to fall into this thing to say that all he was was a bullshitter and a clueless play caller and all that. He absolutely wasn't. Um, he was a fantastic athlete in his own right. He got onto the team. Um, he was solely responsible for keeping the Packers alive. So not only did he found them with George Whitney Calhoun, but here's a guy, here's a guy uh, who kept the franchise alive, you know, by either fielding winning teams and coaching them up, which he did. Uh, he was a gifted athlete, as I say. He was bringing talent to Green Bay when you wouldn't expect that to happen. I mean, we see Don Hudson and that whole dramatic story about whoever gets the contract in first. He was paying these players astronomical money. He was also the first team to, uh, you know, get his players on planes and they'd fly places instead of taking trains all the time. Um, and he was just really, really good at garnering up financial support to save the team. And yes, it wasn't only on him. We have to look at George Whitney Calhoun's coverage in the papers where it was basically this sort of PR and promo for the Packers. And then we see the Hungry Five come into play. Um, and then we see sort of a get a bit grisly at the end where Curly Lambo was almost trying to buy over the team and make it his own. Um, but, you know, I don't think we can fall into Lombardi was amazing example of a man, Curly Lambo. Oh, Jesus, this guy was a philander, a womanizer, playboy uh, and did nothing for the team. He is Green Bay and he was the reason why the team was set up and survived for as long as it did. So I think the lesson that I certainly took from looking into it was, is that, you know, it's possible to see both men as the complex characters that they were and not to pick sides as to who was a better man or whatever. I think we all know who, you know, we're going to fall down the side of who was more admirable, who was more quotes and all that good stuff. Um, but I don't think it's a sort of an either or. But to say that... Vince Lombardi and Curly Lambeau uh, didn't see eye to eye. I mean, there's even the, you know, it's 1965 and there's a yearbook photo of the two men. And again, the body language expert here. But it's when you look at the two guys and the way they're looking at each other. I mean, Lombardi has that kind of serious stare and Curly Lambeau has his chin kind of curled up underneath him looking at him. Um, it's definitely worth a view. But... It even goes into when Curly Lambeau dies and just what happens after that uh, and how, you know, Vince Lombardi was opposed to renaming Lambeau Field, Lambeau Field. And I think it's worth um, a trip down this sort of path because it sort of shows exactly how the name came about at Lambeau. Because you'd look at it, right, and you'd say, Lambeau Field, that makes sense. You go on a trolley tour and you go, oh, this is Curly Lambeau's house and this is what he did and this is what he looked like and these were the uniforms, this is how much the uniforms cost. You know, he's one of the most winningest coaches. He fielded these. He won this many titles. And it seems like a no-brainer um, when you look at it. And you're thinking, yeah, of course they call it Lambeau Field. But it was called City Stadium. And in fact, it was built quite late. And they played in Old City Stadium. Um, but we do see some rumblings of them wanting to call the stadium after Curly Lambeau. And we actually see quotes from Curly Lambeau himself that says, no, I don't want it named after me. That's it. It's the city's... Uh, 
team and that's the city stadium and when he talks about the new city stadium he's like I never even played there and there's a nice quote later on but there's a fantastic article by Cliff Crystal written in 2017 I believe I went down this road before many years ago uh, but I think it's worth tying in here between the sort of how the two men were diametrically opposed uh, to each other which is fantastic but look even Cliff Crystal says look the, the renaming of the stadium it doesn't really heat up until Lambeau passes away. So the story there is he was going out with sort of a cheerleader um, and he he was up in Sturgeon Bay and it's either stated that it was her father's house or it was her house, but they could have been one and the same because I think she was young, not crazy young, um, and the, her father was out cutting the lawn and Curly Lambeau rocks up, sees the old man cutting the lawn and says, here, give that to me, I'll do it. So he was going on to cut the lawn and he suffered a massive heart attack, fell into her father's arms and died. And that was on the 1st of June, uh, 1965. So it's only after this point that it really picks up momentum. But Cur- Cliff Crystal does a really good timeline. And if anyone want- is interested in the article themselves and to to shirk away any this nonsense about some um, lad coming at me about, look, oh, you're just reading out an article. It's called The Drawn Out Battle Over the Name of Lambeau Field. So you can turn off the podcast and go read the article if you want. If not, let me walk you through it. Uh, the 1st of June, 2017. Uh, but he talks about how in 1937, the Milwaukee Sentinel, Sentinel columnist, God damn it, sometimes it's difficult being Irish with words in my face. Howard Purser thought that the old city stadium, which is the East uh, Green Bay High School Stadium, should be named after him. And then when they opened the new city stadium, which is now Lambeau Field, uh, someone said, well, why don't they name the old one after him now? Because we have a new one. Um, and then after that, there was a guy called George Banta Jr. of Manasha wrote into the Green Bay Press Gazette and said, well, I've got an idea. Why don't you rename the new stadium after him? Um, but look, it's Lambo dies on June the 1st. And Cliff Crystal, as I said, has a fantastic article just going through the timeline. I'll run through it. I'm not going to get too granular with it, but I just think some of the parts of it, the way it goes back and forth are really funny. And it's just the way some people are really, really opposed to it. And the stuff they tried to get away with to not name it after him was quite telling. And eventually, as Cliff Crystal puts it, there's so much uh, people's putting their name behind this thing that they couldn't stonewall it anymore. And they're like, fine. And they just seem to sort of give in and go for it. So look, June 1st, he dies. Um, And we see that at his funeral on June the 5th, the priest comes out and says like, look, I think it's only right that we name the stadium after him. It's only proper. And a really interesting thing to note here is that Vince Lombardi doesn't even show up for Curly Lambeau's funeral. So we have team president Dominic Olenicic. Uh, we have the coach Phil Bengston uh, goes there. He's the defensive coach at the time. And then Gene Rosani and Lyle Blackburn, who you might know from our sort of history podcast, they were Paul Bears, but Vince Lombardi was not there. Then the Banta guy, who we heard about previously, who wrote in and said, hey, why don't we name the new stadium? So he pops his head up again. And uh, he requests again in the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He says, like, look, it's City Stadium. Sounds boring, right? Why don't you rename the stadium in Lambeau's honour? Um, so that's the sixth. And then the eighth swings around him. So it's about a week after he dies. The Greater Green Bay Labour Council they come out and they pass a resolution and they say, you know, it's maybe it's a time for a change. Maybe we should uh, name it Lambeau Stadium or Lambeau Field. So they pass this resolution. It's not legally binding. It doesn't really go anywhere. So June 9th then, and I love the name of these guys, um, the Mike and Penn Club on June 12th come out and say, oh yeah, I think the same Lambeau Stadium. But June 9th, uh, the Wisconsin Senate comes out and says, you know, fantastic guy, massive tribute to Lambeau. 
but they kind of shy away from renaming the stadium. Anyway, the Mike and Penn Club come out and they're the sports broadcasters and they say, look, we want to go on record here and we think it should be called Lambeau Stadium. And they give them a big tribute and they say, yeah, look, it's the right thing to do. So the first opposition that we see, because he dies and it seems like the priest is coming out. We see people writing into the papers. We see the Greater Green Bay Labour Council. We see the Wisconsin Senate, although they sort of shirk away from the whole renaming thing. Um, and everyone seems to be full steam ahead. Right, we have to name it after this man. But uh, Mayor Donald Tilleman comes out and he tells the Green Bay Rotary Club, he says, listen, do not forget that this is called City Stadium. And it was called City Stadium and dedicated by the Vice President of the US to the people of Green Bay. So he says, look, I think people have forgotten here exactly who this stadium is for. It's not Blambo Stadium, it's for everybody. Um, so that's the first real piece of opposition that we see to say, listen, lads, calm it down. I mean, let's sort of leave the sentimentality away a bit. So then the city council pass a resolution and they pay tribute um, to Lambo. And in a little bit of opposition as well, they put in this quote to say, like Lambo was approached about all of this when he was alive, about naming the new stadium after him. And they, Chris, Cliff Crystal puts in this quote that says, apparently, uh, the words of, of Curly Lambo: Boys, I'm glad that you didn't take any action on naming the new stadium after me. I never played there, had no part in building it. And it is my opinion that the new stadium belongs to the people who built it, the citizens of Green Bay. So... They, you know, it's a strong argument, right? They even put it up and say, you know, the mayor comes out and says, lads, quit it. Uh, the city council come out and say he was great, but even he said he didn't want it. And then the very next day, Green Bay Press Gazette, they go, do you know what? Curly Lambeau Field. Sounds nice. I think that's what we should name it. So they kind of just ignore the city council. They ignore the mayor. And the Press Gazette's Len Wagner comes out then and writes a sports column and says, you know, this is everything the mayor's been saying or the council's been saying or the Senate's been saying is nonsense. It's a load of balls. He said, I went out and I canvassed uh, 34 Green Bay barber shops. <laughs> How amazing is that? So old timey. Um, and they all, it was unanimous. Unanimous. They wanted to be called and named in honour of Lambeau Field. So about four days goes by and the composer of Go You Packers Go, Eric Carl, comes out and says, you know what, uh, I'm going to write a letter to Mayor Tilleman, which he does. And he sends it. He says, look, City Stadium, name it after Lambeau, will you? So the City Council then, they leave it go maybe two or three weeks. And on July 6th, remembering that he died on June 1st, they say, right, we're going to create a seven member uh, citizens council. And we're going to call it the Stadium Commission. And we're going to take their recommendation. And the recommendation was was to build a museum-type memorial next to City Stadium and for that to be dedicated to Lambeau. Um, and, you know, Clarence Neer, who was a city attorney, came out and said, if you're dead serious about, you know, honouring Lambeau, well, if you save up enough money, we'll put in this memorial and it'll be great. So, of course, the Green Bay Press-Gazette comes out two days later and says... No way, it has to be called Lambeau Field. The memorials sounds great and all, but it's it's really not fitting of the man, uh, you know, who gave us all of this good stuff. Um, so July 15th, they leave it again another week. Uh, so he comes out and says, like, you know, everyone's calling for it. Uh, the alderman, you need to call him and stop annoying me about it because people start writing in to Wagner then and asking him, like, oh, come on, we need to get the ball rolling on this. So July 20th, five days after, uh, 21 aldermen of the city circulate a one sentence um, sort of statement uh, in front of city council and say listen let's get it done lads we need to go ahead rename the stadium 
and the Mayor Dilliman rules it out of order. So he says, that lads, come on, you can't down with that sort of thing. Keep your togs on, lads. Uh, so again, July 23rd, the Green Bay Press-Gazette polls four members of the Packers board asking them what they think. Two days later, the yearbook comes out. Um, so Art Daily publishes the yearbook um, and on the front cover, as I've mentioned, was Curly Lambeau shaking hands with Vince Lombardi. So it seems this whole time it's the fans and it's the papers and it's the uh, city council members and everyone's trying to push forward for this name change. And the mayor saying, no, this, you know, and there's other people sort of say, look, let's pump the brakes on this. Let's do a memorial. Let's not go too crazy with it. And then on July 25th, this Packer yearbook comes out, seemingly looking like an endorsement from Vince Lombardi because it's him and Curly Lambeau shaking hands. So apparently when Art Daly put this out, uh, Vince Lombardi called him up and he says to him, what do you mean putting me on the cover with him? That was the worst yearbook you ever put out. And he slammed down the phone. So Cliff Crystal quotes uh, Packers PR guy Lee Remmel, who was Cliff Crystal before Cliff Crystal was Cliff Crystal. And he says that he heard Lombardi twice say that he was absolutely against naming it Lambeau Field. So that's come from the horse's mouth. And he says Lombardi was diametrically opposed to it. There was absolutely no question about it. However, the next day, there's a seven member citizens council um, and they say, look, we unanimously recommend that you rename it in Lambeau's honour. So four days later, the Press Gazette come out and say, look, 90% of the people that we asked in the Q&A said that it should be called Lambeau Field. So finally, August 2nd, seven man Packers executive committee, they say, yes, OK, let's rename it Lambeau Field. So the very next day, Green Bay City Stadium is renamed Lambeau Field by unanimous vote of the City Council. And I love that he adds in one alderman, Francis, Francis Hessel, goes, well, I think Lambeau Stadium sounds a bit better, but obviously it didn't go by. But funnily enough, and, and this is again is in uh, the brilliant documentary Lombardi Reigns, uh, where Cliff Crystal says that, you know, not a lot of stuff was sort of pomp and circumstance back then. I mean, everything sort of went underneath the radar. There wasn't much... Uh, hoopla about it but this was dedicated on September 11th 1965 and it was done on the pre-game of a pre-season game and if you know anything about pre-season games now you know just how unimportant that is Uh, Don Lambeau his son was there Don Hudson who was his great friend and Hall of Fame player was there and it, it lasted all of about five minutes there was no pomp and circumstance here it is that's the new name see you later um which was you know, pretty nuts. Uh, so Don Lambeau, Curly's son, spoke and he said, look, it's often been said that my father was without sentiment, but those of you who knew him intimately, either as a neighbour or friend or business associate, knew that he too could not have stood here tonight without having been deeply touched. And there was 50,000 people in the stadium at that time. But when you look back at it, it does look like a sober event. But just crazy that, you know, him and Lombardi did not get along. And when it came to renaming the stadium, it seems like it was all swept up in the aftermath of, of Curly's death. But Cliff Crystal even remarks that Curly Lambeau was off the Green Bay scene for about a decade or 15 years. Uh, by the time he passed away, he wasn't a big figure in Green Bay or certainly with the Packers anymore. And he quotes Cal Hubbard, one of Lombardi or one of um, Lombardi, Lambeau's, uh, you know, best players saying that they might actually struggle to find six people to bury him, uh, which is quite shocking. And in fact, when he died, George Whitney Calhoun 
even before he died, said, I want to live long enough so that I can piss on his grave, was his actual words. So look, there was no love lost with some people with Curly Lambeau. Uh, but as I said, I mean, I don't think you can set it up that Lombardi versus Lambeau and who was the, you know, who's the winner, who's the better guy. It's a very colourful history um, in Green Bay and it all adds to what Cliff Crystal calls the best story in sports. Um, so there it is. The two of your probably faves that you knew, the two big L's um, in Green Bay. Uh, no love lost. So there it is. I've been at Steely the NFL. Jump on patreon.com forward slash UK Packers if you want to actually visit the famous Lambeau Field uh, from what you're hearing about in the history. And if you're liking the podcast, and I really do appreciate the emails uh, that got sent in, um, Mike, I'm going to get back to you after this podcast for sending me in that, that really nice email. Um, I do like to hear from you. But until next week, and we are with you all the way through the off season, once a week with hopefully some interesting topics. It's Go Pack Go from me and see you then.